knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hello and welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you are listening to episode number 17. With deer hunting season firmly in our rearview mirror, Phil and I will share some of our thoughts from the 2016 season, what we've learned from this year, what we're looking forward to in 2017, and an embarrassing story of a run-in between me and Phil's dad. Alright, welcome everybody to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 17. Today, uh, it is going to be a Phil and Clint uh, BS session, if you if you will. We'll try to keep things deer-related as much as possible, but uh, Phil and I haven't had a chance to, to really talk a whole lot. Uh, really, since the new year, we've had a lot of great guests come on, and uh, it's kind of cut into some of our time to uh, to chit chat. So we have a lot of things to kind of catch up on, all the things we've experienced from 2016, and all the stuff we want to look forward to in 2017, and where uh, where we're hoping that year will take us. But before we uh, start to dive into the good, so to speak, uh, I'm joined as always uh, by my esteemed colleague Phil Marchek. What is happening, sir? Ah, uh, what is happening? Everything's happening, my brother. I am. Uh expecting uh, a new addition in a few weeks some mid basement renovation uh so it's pretty chaotic on my end yeah yeah tis the season it seems like i don't know the holiday season always seems crazy busy and then i don't know if it's just the amount of fatigue following the entire holiday season it's just like the next two months is just i don't know i feel like they're almost as tiring if not more tiring just trying to catch up it's the holiday letdown, and also deer season is officially over. So deer season is officially <laughs> over for for us. Yeah, it ended yeah. Uh, yes yesterday. I have a so a, a quick story. Speaking of the holiday letdown, so there's my wife and I have a saying for February, right? So our saying is is February February is for relaxing. Like that's <laughs> that's kind of our our mantra, and we try to live it's into pretty, it. It's pretty basic. Yeah, February <laughs> is for relaxing. Um, the where I got this kind of uh, <laughs> kind of lesson in life, I guess you <laughs> I guess you will. Is I was it was when I worked <laughs> in the city, and I was taking the train home. And as you know, uh, as a city dweller and city worker, um, you see some of the most interesting people you ever see on the on the train. So oh. I used to <laughs> I used to make a habit of finding just like the weird, interesting 
ladies, men, whatever you want to call certain folks, um, and take pictures of them and then share them with Megan whenever I would get home of just like some of the weird stuff I would see on the train. Like, you know, sometimes I'd get to the train station, there'd be a lady in her bare feet in the gross train station doing yoga in in the train station among, you know, the entire rush hour crowd. And I was on the train the one day and there was a guy who was kind of animated. He was one of those types of guys who... Uh, when he's on his cell phone in public, talks really loud because he wants to make sure everyone is aware that he's on the phone, you know, and wants right, them to right. hear part of his conversation. So he's on his phone talking really loud and kind of giving you a glimpse into his into his life. And he's lamenting the fact that, you know, I, I if I was piecing the 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 story together correctly, his girlfriend who was there with him in the train um, was sitting next to him and he's now moved from telling talking on the phone really loud to now talking to the guy that's sitting in front of him on the train that he doesn't know all this stuff about his life to where it's like his he just got his girlfriend out of rehab and um, they both just got fired from their job because he told their boss that he was ignorant and and then they just like on and on and on like all this stuff right and so then just, this his, is like a, a roller coaster of bad decisions Right, right. And it's like, hey, you know, some people, bad stuff happens and that, and that stinks. You know, it's like you hope they hope everything works out okay, but it's like you, you still don't have to broadcast it, right? It's probably just not, <laughs> not great to kind of put it all right. out there for everybody. Um, so then his phone rings and he picks it up and he was talking to whomever called him about whatever living arrangement he and his girlfriend had at the moment, you know, if they were looking for a place or whatever the case was. And, uh, they kind of get, he gets to this point where I, I was kind of like picking up, like the guy was kind of asking like, well, what are you guys going to do? Because now you don't have a job or whatever. Like neither you both lost your job today. Um, since he told them their boss was ignorant or told his boss right. he was ignorant. So, um, I was picking up to the guy I was like, so are you looking for work? And he was like, yeah, I know. You know, I'm kind of looking for work, man. And he was like, oh, he's like, you know what? It's, it's February, man. He's like, man, February is really just for relaxing anyway. So I'll probably just start looking in March. <laughs> So, so I, I, I picked up the mantra that February is for relaxing from that gentleman. And I try to live into it every, every February. I'll tell you what, I think, um, you know, if you take his lead, I think you're going in the right direction, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I give it a good go every, fe- every February, but, uh, it doesn't seem to, uh, to pan out for me, but, uh, how was your weekend, man? What's, uh, what's shaking in the, uh, Marchek household? Uh, Yes, this weekend was basically, uh, you know, contractors were in, uh, working on the basement. Um, we were doing some cleaning around the house, you know, really nothing, uh, nothing hunting related, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, especially cause it was, it was the, the last and final weekend for, uh, for the extended season in, uh, in Pennsylvania or at least in, in RWMU. Yeah. I um, thought, uh, so, I thought you were yeah. going to try to get out this, uh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, that 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 didn't happen. That didn't happen. Yeah, because I, <laughs> no, I remember no. you sent me a text last weekend because I got I got out last week on on. A yeah, week. man, you snuck out. I did. I snuck out one more weekend. I thought I was done that final weekend that you and I hunted together. There, I guess mm-hmm. three weeks ago now, maybe or going on three, mm-hmm. two weeks, something like that. Two weeks, not last week, but the week before. Yeah, two weeks ago, yeah. and uh, I did get a chance to sneak out uh, last weekend just for a quick uh, evening hunt. You know, I didn't get out right. in, the, in the morning or anything, which was fine. Uh, went to a new piece of public ground. Um, it has some promise, you know, from what I could tell just from the bit of scouting I, I got to do. I'd like to spend a little bit more time there. My fear is, is that it's not a big parcel and uh, right. 
my fear is that it's going to be pretty well overrun. I mean, even during archery season, late season, I think I saw four vehicles. And then I literally where I parked as I was getting ready to walk into the woods, another guy pulled up and nice. you know, flagged me down, wanted to see where I was going because he has a stand back there somewhere that he didn't, you know, didn't want me to walk up on it. I didn't want to walk up on it either just because, you know, if he was going to go sit there, I didn't want to be <laughs> sitting tree to tree with each other. Like, hey, buddy, how's it Did, going? You know, <laughs> Didn't want to be that guy. Listen, yeah. you get this half, I get the other half. Yeah, you look at the front, I'll look at the back. <laughs> and, uh, so uh, so I'm, I'm just a little uh, afraid that it's going to have some extensive pressure on it. So um, that and I, I saw some areas where there were some things left in trees from previous hunters you know and uh, some game cameras and stuff like that so i think it gets hit pretty hard so i might be scratching that one off my list but it's better to learn that now than than later i suppose right yeah when you're actually going going knee deep in getting trying to get the job done yeah yeah it was just kind of it was just nice to be back out you know for one more sit i did see a uh, a red fox so all was not lost um, Ah, yeah so very, very nice <laughs> yeah yeah but this weekend was uh was a celebration of my wife's uh, birthday weekend um, just a couple months late since I hunted the rut for her yeah, birthday. So, so totally relevant. I mean, this is deer deer hunting. We're talking about it, and uh, super relevant that you hunted the rut over your wife's birthday. Yeah, yeah. So we had yeah. she we we had we had dinner. <laughs> she got her you know belated birthday dinner. We did go do a little bit of shopping. She always it seems like for her birthday she likes to take me shopping and and which. I, is fine, I guess. I, I, I'm, I'm not quite. I don't understand it, um, but I say is, sure. Is, is she taking you shopping for her, or she's taking? She's literally taking you shopping for you, like to get stuff. Literally taking me shopping for me, and likes to pick out clothes for me. Oh, um, yeah. Yikes. Which, hey, <laughs> it's it's typically work clothes, um, which I'm fine with because I, uh, I, I am color challenged when it comes to matching things. <laughs> So I just, I just see camo. Yeah, no, it's like my wardrobe that I wear to work on a daily basis. You know, so for everyone out there listening that doesn't know, I I work. Phil and I both work in the advertising agency world. Um, so you know, dress dress code at work for the most part is pretty pretty loose. It's like you know, I wear jeans most days and like a pair of slip on Vans and you know a t shirt or or a or a flannel shirt and that's about it. You know, it's like when I'm in the office, it's not a big deal. Now when I go to see the clients, you know, I have to you know, put some real pants on and like a nice shirt and some nice shoes and, you know, real man stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta, (laughs) gotta be like a real functioning adult. Um, which is, you know, it's marginal at best, I guess you could say. So for the, for those days, um, you know, I usually wear clothes that Megan has purchased for me <laughs> because those are the only ones I know that match. And the funny thing is, is like it's they probably think that I have them all like labeled or something because when I go, it's like I wear the same pants with the same shirt. Like this every, is this is Tuesday attire. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I know these pants go with this shirt because she told me that once before. So it's like I never wear another pair of pants with that shirt, like because I know that works. So, uh, yeah, so she, she wanted to go get some, me to get some other stuff. So we, we did that. And then, you know, I, I posted this on, on social media last night, cause this was kind of the, the, the thing that ended the, the, uh, the shopping spree, which was, she said that, you know, she's like, you know, would you, I think you would look really nice in a sweater vest. And I, and I just <laughs> looked at her and I was like, what? She's like, yeah, you look really good in a sweater vest. And I was like, that's funny. I didn't know Sitka made sweater vests. And <laughs> And that was the end of the shopping trip. So then I took her to a fancy dinner. (laughs) 
I, I hope and then you found five dollars because you always have to that that's the yeah the cap of the story is that you found five dollars no, but i did get one <laughs> cool thing yesterday so one of the things i've been doing a little bit lately and we'll get into this when we get into the more hunting centric portion of this podcast and for those that are listening i promise we're going to get there um, for those of you that haven't dropped off from our our, our life update here, um, <laughs> as I did, I've been little by little starting to pick things up for the Montana uh, September uh, elk trip, elk hunting trip. Yes. So yes. I did manage to get a pair of uh, boots because I've been kind of scouring the internet reviews and trying to find the pair of boots that I'm going to get. And um, so I finally broke down. I went to REI yesterday. And so I could try some on just cause I don't trust buying boots uh, unless I've put them on my feet and like walked around a little bit. You know, it's like, I never get right. They never seem to fit when I buy them online. So I picked up a pair of boots and then promptly came home and I looked on Amazon and realized they were $80 cheaper on Amazon. So today I promptly took them back and bought them on Amazon. <laughs> so <laughs> I knew that they fit. So I'm pretty stoked about that. So now I can start wearing them to do some scouting and, um, nice. start, start Break them bro- in a little bit. Yeah. Get them, get them broken in before I start laying the, uh, the miles on them in the, uh, in the mountains in Montana. But <clears throat> so I think, you know, talking about our weekend update, the one thing I think we should maybe dive into before we get into the, uh, to the meat of our conversation is, is Phil and I finally went on our very first hunt together, uh, two weeks ago out at Boom. Phil's. Yeah. Out at Phil's, uh, parents property. Um, which was awesome, man. I, again, you know, thanks for taking me out there. It was, uh, I had a blast and we actually had, had a little bit of fun there in the, in the, uh, evening hunt. It started off a little weird. It took, it only took all day. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Right. It was, it was, um, it was surprisingly cold that day. Yes, it was. It was like, you, you go, you go, you went out like for me, I went out and I'm like, yeah, it's not that bad. It's just tolerable. Uh, but it was just one of those days where, um, it just kind of crept up on you. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sitting there, and, and you know, in, in hindsight, I should have taken you up on those heat packs. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, those were uh, those were choice. I, I, I'm, yeah. not, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit. It's like I don't use heat packs, or, you know, hand warmers and stuff very often. But that was a day where uh, I was not ashamed to throw a few uh, a few of those in my boots and a couple of those in my pockets, and even went to the uh, to the body warmers where I, I uh, adhered one to my midsection. So right, right. Yeah, I was. I was all heat heat padded up, but it was it was a good hunt. I mean, it started off a little weird in the morning where we had a guy, you know, walk uh, thirty oh, yards in front of me uh, by my stand. I gave him a little wave. He gave me a little howdy do, and then fifteen <laughs> minutes later, I had a guy walk his dog and pass me right behind my stand at, at thirty yards. So that was how our day started. That's funny, yeah, because I I saw both of them. They basically came by me before they blew you up. And it was, it was just funny, uh, hearing, hearing about your interaction after I literally had the same exact sort of encounter, uh, especially with the guy with the dog was so weird. I don't know what he was doing, man. Cause he was, he hiked up on the ridge, like a good ways away where, and then he did a, he did a little walkabout where he turned back around and then he actually had to cross the stream and he honestly almost ate it in the stream, which would not have been good that day. Cause that was cold. Yeah, no, I mean, th- thinking back on, you know, that he kind of came through and blew up both, both of our spots, I kind of wish now that he ate it. In well, the I mean, <laughs> he was, 
I would have laughed if you would have went into the drink. I'm not going to lie. You know, I would have, I would have had my chuckle, uh, but yeah. I, I probably would have helped him crawl out of it most likely. Uh, yeah. If it looked like he was struggling, you know, sure. like, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I will say that the, uh, <clears throat> the day got better. Well, first off, man, your dad's awesome. Like his dad, you know, Phil's dad came out, you know, when we took, a little, yeah, when we took, yeah. when we took a little break at lunchtime, we, uh, we came out, sat on the tailgate, your dad hooked us up with some, some nice hot coffee and just sat and we lamented the Steelers and, you know, anything else we could think to, to complain about. We sat and complained for about two hours and, <laughs> and, uh, it was awesome. Your dad, your dad rules. Yeah, he's, he's good people. Mm-hmm. He's good. Definitely good people. And then we, uh. And then we got back into the the timber, and this is where it got it got kind of good. I mean, it was it was slow going, and then I all of a sudden heard a crash, and oh, thought man. that you, I thought that you had shot something. So I was waiting to see something run by me, um, you know, because Phil and I, we were a couple hundred yards away from each other, but close enough that I could hear, you know, and it sounded like deer coming. And then I didn't see anything, you know, and so I didn't quite know what was going on. And then I felt my phone buzz, and pretty much knew then at that point you were texting me, um, mm-hmm. and then just kind of kind of prepared prepared myself and we we got a little we got a little uh, late day action there it was good it was exciting um i i found myself in a bit of a of a conundrum that we can certainly get into a little bit later in terms of uh when to draw um you know uh, what position to wait for the deer to get in it was it was it was a tough scenario i really i think it might it might have been my mulligan and i know i'm i'm jumping the gun a little bit but it might have been my mulligan that yeah. and that and another that in another situation earlier this year, but we can we'll definitely dive into that. Yeah, it was yeah, and I, I would have definitely wanted to take a mulligan that day too because the the same thing that happened you know kind of with you was <laughs> right. <laughs> you know right. Uh, we funny story was is Phil and I literally saw the same deer, um, and the you know the same buck, and we both had some opportunities and we both managed to uh to and what I mean it wasn't anything necessarily that was that was our fault it's just you know it's bow hunting it's uh, it's the circumstances you're you're in close quarters and uh um every little move and every little sound and every little everything you know kind of counts in those in those scenarios and uh yeah, we just didn't put them didn't put all the pieces together that day but it was still a great great time it was awesome to see some action you know it's uh it was awesome to see you know a buck in late season, to be quite honest with you, you know what I mean? Cause where, you know, where right. your, where your property is kind of situated, there is a food source in, in, in the one area, but it's yep. not like it's like crazy ag land in, in that area necessarily. You know what I mean? As far as like just row crops after row crops, you know, from property to property to property. So it's, you know, you have a nice little section of bedding there on that property that I think is, uh, is pretty dynamite actually. And in, in, in my opinion, I know that we've talked about doing some enhancements this, uh, this spring or fall to it, which I'm, I'm looking forward to helping, helping get into. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, you know, it's not a huge, it's not a huge plot. Um, but I, I have relatively good success year in and year out. Um, with doing, I mean, quite honestly, I've been doing kind of the bare minimum in terms of maintenance and it's been successful. And I know that you've, you took a look around and identified a couple of uh, key areas where there's some some food plot potential, and uh, I mean that that I think is only going to exponentially increase the chances of a successful hunt. So um, yeah, it's it's been it's been a good setup for uh, for the past couple of years. Yeah, for sure. 
But I think, you know, what do you, what do you think, Phil? Like what, what I kind of thought we would do today with our BS session here is, uh, you know, we haven't had a chance to really catch up in a while. And this is probably a little, a little late, you know, unfortunately we've had, or fortunately, it depends on how you want to look at it. We've had some great folks come on the past, you know, I guess two months. Um, you know, we really haven't had a time to do a, you know, resolution or a look back or, or a New Year's, if you will, podcast. And so I kind of thought maybe today we would kind of go through that and do do a little bit of reflection and then a little bit of uh foreshadowing if you if you will into uh into 2017 if that uh if that tickles your fancy and I thought maybe we might start with just our, the highlights of our uh of our 2016 and I know we've talked about you know our rut vacation and stuff like that so I was thinking maybe we just kind of keep it high level and talk talk about what we what the good parts of our 2016 season was what do you think yes sir I'm down all right cool do you want to go first or you want me to uh do the honors But before we dive into 2016, let's hear a word about our partners at Exodus Outdoor Gear. Today, we'll hear from Exodus customer Chris Apfelstadt. Chris shares why it's important that he supports a company owned by hunters and how Exodus is as concerned with his success as a hunter as they are their own business success. It's very important to me. I have a uh, strong entrepreneurial spirit and I've never had a boss uh, my whole life. I've always owned my own business in some aspect. Uh, when I learned that there was a company in the U.S., specifically in Ohio, that was making uh, trail cameras and really had their their mindset on a, a quality camera, I was excited and eager to try it out. The price point at first, you know, scared me a little, um, just because you can get trail cameras now for twenty five bucks. Um, but when I first received the product, and you know just open the package, you could see the sense of quality without even taking it out of the box and how the packaging is made and that they really took care in all the little details. Um, the fact that it's made by hunters is, you know, an added bonus. So I, I, I probably would have still purchased one even, I probably would have still purchased one even had it not been hunters. Um, but that just, you know, adds to it. I really like the customer service side of it and, the guys were interested in my success as a hunter and we could talk about, you know, not just the technologies of me buying something, but how I'm going to use it. And, you know, they continued to check in on me. And so I like that, that part as well. And that folks is an Exodus experience. It's nice to know that there's a camera company out there that stands behind their products and supports the everyday hunter. If you'd like to learn more about Exodus trail cameras, visit them at exodusoutdoorgear.com. And now back to the show. Yeah, you know, um, I'll tell you what, uh, I think, because I want to kind of wrap up uh, my 2016 season, not just from the perspective of the experiences that I had in the field, which I think were great. I I had a lot of good experiences in the field, but um, I also want to tie in how much I've learned over this past year, uh, field and not field. Um, I think, one, being a part of this podcast was a great opportunity to meet talk to a lot of um, just awesome and uh, experienced and knowledgeable folks in uh, the hunting industry and just um, being able to pick their brains and really is, I, I even at this point feel like we're, we're still just kind of scratching the surface in terms of understanding, um, you know, how, how whitetails move, how their patterns, uh, what their tendencies are, how to be a good hunter. I mean, it's just it's been a it's been a great year from that perspective, um, but 
looking back to my my experiences in the field, I would definitely say one of my most memorable uh, hunts was probably with you this past one um, because I think it's just kind of <laughs> the build up to it. You know, we've been talking about trying to trying to get out in the field, trying to um, you know go hunting for a while now and it finally it finally happened finally came to uh, fruition so that was definitely I think one of the highlights of my past year nice yeah I mean yeah absolutely I mean one of my highlights of, of this year from the hunting perspective was getting out with you because again just like you said it was it's been a long time coming we've been buddies for you know longer obviously than we've had the had the podcast and so forth and um, it was just nice to be able to hit the timber timber with you and your your, your folks are great you know <laughs> I last funny story not necessarily a highlight but we, we get there and say like, i've met phil's dad one other time and oh, i get <laughs> and i get to the house and I, and I forgot to tell this at the beginning but this might be a highlight i get this i get is, to the house i think it's a highlight yeah. yeah i get to the house and you know it's it's a lot closer than our family farm which is three hours away right your your folks place is about 45 minutes from from my place so yeah i get yeah. to your house and it's early in the morning and i get up and i'm, I'm having a, a cup of coffee you know my got my travel mug of coffee and i'm pounding it on the way there trying to get the sleep out of my eyes on the way to your parents place and stuff and then i get there and i hop out of the truck and i'm like man i gotta go to the bathroom and you're like well hit the tree line because there's a tree line right there but i'm like oh the tree line ain't gonna cut it this morning you know you're like oh oh i'm oh. like yeah so open up the garage door we walk inside the, the dog's bed is right inside the garage door when you walk in to go into like the washroom so i trip over the dog bed right and about eat it about go do a face plant into the dog bed i Day's managed over. yeah managed to make my way into like the hallway you flip the light on i see where the bathroom is and i hop into the bathroom and you head back outside and uh, the alarm of course goes off whenever you open up the door and stuff like that on our way in. And so, you know, thinking it might wake your dad up. So I'm in the bathroom, you know, finishing up, come out the door, go to open up the door. And there stands your dad in the hallway, sees a strange man walk out of his bathroom at like 4.30 in the morning. And my, resp- my, my response was like, hey man, what's going on? I'm like... <laughs> And I was like, that's pretty much it. It's like, I'm never going to be hunting here again. His dad's going to hate me. Like, he doesn't know who I am. Here's like some strange bearded man walking out of his bathroom at 4.30 in the morning that just, you know, defiled the bathroom. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, I'm never going to be invited back. But, you know, your dad, of course, graciously invited me back and told me that... To come back anytime, you know that uh, I was more than welcome to uh, to spend time on the property hunting there, which was uh, which is you know obviously very nice of them. So I appreciate I, you I taking me out. I there. gotta tell you, Clint, I'm not sure um, what I <laughs> what I appreciated hearing more uh, your encounter in the field or your encounter in my parents' house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the bigger catch was certainly in the house. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that was <laughs> that was a big to do. Um, was yeah yeah but uh no i thought you know what you said was pretty when you were kind of talking about your highlights from 2016 was pretty pretty spot on there's kind of they're kind of twofold for me too i mean one has definitely been you know the starting of this podcast you know this year um the blog of course kind of preceded the the podcast so it's it's you know i guess the the blog has been up for going on almost two years and this podcast will be a year old i think when we hit toward the end of july so we're not quite a year quite a year old yet um but just, I mean, not just like what, you know, the, the, the stuff that we get to learn doing the podcast and not just getting to meet the guests. Cause I mean, of course the guests are great and stuff like that, but 
it's all the folks out there that are that listen that I get to uh, engage with on on social media, um, you know, and, and start to create friendships with and, and stuff like that, you know, because there's a lot of folks out there that I talk to, you know, on a pretty regular basis that are just, you know, great folks, great hunters, um, you know, great woodsmen and outdoorsmen and, and women, you know, because there's plenty of uh, of of ladies that uh, that follow as well that I you know engage for sure, with, for sure, um, which is, which is nice to see as well, um, you know, and I just I, I certainly appreciate those those relationships, you know, one, you know, hopefully soon if I can ever get my my rear ending gear, you know, we, we had a, a hunter profile podcast that we did with Charles. Um, you know, that was actually in November that we did it. I just haven't found time to finish the editing to get it live. And Charles, if you're listening, I'm sorry, we'll get that out as soon as we can. Uh, you can, <laughs> when we do see each other, finally, you can, you can give me a couple lashings for that. Um, you know, but he, you know, Charles is a great dude. Um, and we had him on and he's got a really interesting story. And it's just, it's meeting folks like that that are awesome. You know, they're just out there doing it every day. They don't have TV shows. They don't have, you know, endorsements and stuff like that. It's just normal people doing normal everyday hunting stuff. And it's, and it's awesome to hear, um, about them and, and get to kind of see, get a glimpse a little bit every now and then of what, of what they're up to. You know, it's like, I learn as much from the folks online as I do anybody else, just watching the things that they're doing and, and, and experiencing. So I'm very totally. much appreciative of that. And that's definitely one of the highlights for 2016. But if I'm thinking about it from a hunting perspective, I mean, well, I know what your highlight is. I mean, right. I mean, without saying, I think, yeah, you know, I won't, you know, beat, beat a dead horse, so to speak, but definitely the trip to Ohio for, for rut was the, the top of my list as far as, um, the highlights, you know, it was by sure. far one of the best hunts I've ever had in my life as far as like whitetail was concerned. Um, and got the job done, which is great. You know, hopefully my mount will be coming and not so distant, uh, future, which would be, which would be great. But it's funny because that 2016 rut hunt in Ohio was not just, like a highlight for me. It was almost like a begrudging highlight if, if I could say it, you know, and I don't want to make it seem like I'm a a malcontent or not appreciative (laughs) of, of, you know, the opportunity that I had and all the stuff I got to see because it was, it was amazing and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, but because I tagged out, you know, like, Oh, like great problems to have. Um, I didn't spend nearly as much time in the woods this year as I have in years past. You know, sure. um, yeah, yeah. you know, cause I, cause you know, I got it done. I, I went out a couple of times in early season, you know, and just like everyone out there listening, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm a regular dude that works a normal, you know, nine to fiver. And I try to get out on weekends and take some vacation time to do extended hunts and stuff like that. Um, you know, so I took a lot of time off there around rut and I went in third day in, you know, I was tagged out and I pulled the, the camper to Ohio. So I had to stay, um, <laughs> You know, while the, my while my other buddies hunt, it's like not like I could just pull out and be like, "Hey guys, I got my deer. Let's get out of here." You know, too bad you guys like didn't get anything. You know? <laughs> yeah. I got a tag. You better, to fill you, better pe- you better Uber back. Yeah, I got a tag to fill in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yet you guys figure it out. I'm out of here. Um, you know, there's no way I was going to do that. Of course, you know. And then Tate, of right. course, took one, which was probably like the second best highlight of 2016 was the fact that I was able to put Tate in the same tree that I killed out of, and he took a nice 8.2 on the same trip, which was which was awesome. Um, but yeah, I definitely didn't get to spend as much time in the woods this year as I as I would have would have liked. Um, you know, I think last year it was something like you know, for me this is a lot of time. I think it was something close to like twenty four or twenty five days. I ended up spending wow. in, in, the, lot, in the tree yeah. stand last year. And it's not bad for a guy who uh, you know works full time with a family and stuff like that. I was definitely on it this year. Not that I lost the fire to get out, but. It was if something came up on a weekend and I couldn't get out, it wasn't like I was like bummed out about it as hard because it's like I already 
did what I wanted yeah, to you, do. You know, yeah, a great experience. You tagged out. Like it's almost, it's almost like anything else after that is kind of bonus, right? Right. Now, with that being said, it's like you know, for me, you know, back at the farm, at least, it's like you know, once that rut vacation hunt was over, like bow season was over in that area for right for me at least you know what i mean yeah, yeah. i could have hunted out out here um but it's also you know my wife's super cool with letting me go hunt as much and as often as i would like to you know within within reason of course um so i also kind of felt like you know last year i took a lot of time this year i had a lot of time so i felt you know once i tagged out i should probably stick around the house as much as i can just because um because I could really, you know what I mean? And, and spend some time right. with my daughter and stuff like that. So, you know, what's really interesting. It's like, I don't, I mean, this year, I think this, I think this year I got out a, a, a decent amount. I would say maybe, maybe average amount in, in comparison to, to years past, but even on the years where I get out, you know, a lot more than usual, I still feel like I don't get out enough. Oh yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, it, like you said, I'm in the same situation as you, you know, working nine to five, sometimes nine to, you know, not, you know, past five. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Nine to pass out. Exactly. Yeah, it's and it's tough. It's it's tough, and and uh, you know, I gotta I gotta credit a lot of the a lot of the people that really dedicate the time to to get out continuously and consistently because that's that's really the name of the game. You know, if you don't get out. You're not going to find anything. You're not going to get anything. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's crazy though. I always, even if I, if I did get out twice as much as I did this year, uh, I still feel like I didn't get out enough. Well, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's never, just never, it's, you never get enough. You never get right, enough. Right. I mean, the one thing I will say though, is that part of, I guess, me not getting out as much this year is that I've definitely this year hunted smarter than I have in years past. Right. So, you know, what I mean by that is, is I'm really kind of letting, letting my intel, whether it's like, you know, boots on the ground scouting whenever I'm looking, you know, as I'm hiking into an area to hunt or whether I'm using game cameras or whatever the case mm-hmm. might be. Um, I'm letting those things, whether, you know, all I'm letting all those variables kind of dictate, you know, when I'm, when I'm going to hunt, because I have, I do have precious little time to go do it. So I have to try to strike whenever the conditions kind of give me the best opportunity. Um, you know, which is kind of why, you know, I didn't make it back to the farm a whole lot this year. It's like, I think I was lamenting this point, you know, a couple different times during the course of this, you know, hunting season. It was just, I didn't have anything on camera telling me to go back to hunt. You know what right. I mean? Like all my, my cameras, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say they were completely dead, but there was nothing. There was usually always every year, like one that kind of got me going where I was like, yeah, that's, that's the one I want to get after, you know? Sure. But I didn't have that one this year. Like there just wasn't one that was calling my name if you will you know what i mean and so rather than going in and busting stuff up and spending hunts you know um you know knowing that i probably wasn't going to get anything done you know i I chose to kind of save those days and and wait and go to places where i did think i had an opportunity um like ohio (laughs) yeah you know it's like i mean the thing with that was is i didn't know for sure that that was going to get done i mean that was you know one of those things where 
you know, did a lot, did some scouting early on. And I read mm-hmm. a lot of, spent a lot of time with maps and stuff like that. And, and, you know, it was probably 50%, you know, it was 50% preparation and 50% luck. You know what I mean? It was just, I happened to get into an area that has, that's holding deer and that people don't want to go to cause it's hard to get to, you know, it's like, and I right, wouldn't have right. known that second part until this year. You know what I mean? It's like, it looked like a place that a lot of people probably wouldn't go to, but I wouldn't, I didn't know that until I got there. Right. You know, but, um, you know, so with that, with the, with those highlights, right. You know, there's always, always some, some low lights and stuff. And I know that we, you know, I don't want to necessarily get into each individual low light that we had necessarily, but you know, are there any things this year, you know, from this year that you would have liked to have done a little bit differently or that you think you might do differently going forward? Totally. So I have, I actually have two and I go back and forth and they're, they're the definite low lights. I think the lowest one was the, uh, the, the big, uh, the big seven pointer that, that I, that I hit and I didn't recover. I mean, it just, it doesn't even matter if it's a buck or a doe. If, if you hit it and you don't recover it, it's pretty much automatically the low light of the season. Um, but in, in hindsight, kind of replaying the the chain of events that happened in my head, I had this opportunity uh, at this buck, probably I would say about twenty yards, where it was completely broadside and completely oblivious that I was even there, and I didn't take the shot because um, there were just there were a couple of branches, not not large branches by any means, just you know small kind of meandering, almost like vines, right in front. But I mean. Aside from that, it was a fairly clear shot, and I passed on that shot to take, albeit a a much harder shot, which, I mean, obviously didn't recover the deer. Uh, In hindsight, I probably would have taken the shot now. If I were to go back and do that again, I would have taken that shot. Um, So so there's that, and then um, I think the second one would have been the... uh, the experience when, when you came out with me at my parents' house and, uh, you know, there was about 20 yards of, of clearing right in front of me. And there were, there was a doe and an eight pointer that was basically trailing the doe. And they were just meandering very slowly behind this brush that kind of came out into this clearing. And, um, the doe was first and the doe came out offer me a, a beautiful 20 yard broadside, which I passed because I knew there was a buck behind her. The problem with that was the doe and the buck, once that came out, started coming towards me. And I opted not to draw before the doe came out because I wasn't sure how long it was going to be until the buck came out. So I wasn't 100% confident in if I had to wait more than five minutes that I'd still be able to hold for that long and get off a good shot within that time. So I waited, a buck came out then, but by that point the doe was about 10 yards away from me and facing me. And when I tried to draw on the buck, which was again, broadside 20 yards, um, the uh, the carbon fiber arrow mixed with the whisker biscuit, a little bit of a kind of scratch. And you know the doe busted me, which then got the buck going and that's actually what you heard when you heard the crashing that was them taking off right yeah 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 because i thought i thought it was a well i thought either you shot or then once i didn't uh see anything come like blistering by me in one way shape or form then i thought maybe it was a branch that had broken and and fell but yeah i mean there's definitely 
yeah, that one you definitely want to do something a little bit a little bit different there. Are there are there any different tactics you would want to try next year that maybe you didn't get to employ this year? Or? Um, I, you know, we've pretty much for the most part hunted the same general areas. Um, and I say I say we because I have uh, another another buddy back home who who hunts partly on on my property as well as uh, another property that that he has access to. Um, we, ch- we typically hunt in the same stands. I think I would probably try to, um, move around a little bit more, right. uh, maybe get the, cl- maybe get the climb route, get across, get across that Creek out back. Yep. Um, and on that other side, cause I did see a lot of movement back there. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in the stand that you were in actually earlier in the season, um, they would come down and kind of follow the Creek bed. So I, yeah, I would definitely do that a little different. Um, I think in that in that situation with the the buck the buck um, following the doe, I probably would have, and I mean it may, it may not have been successful either way, but I probably would have drawn like drawn back before the the doe came into the clearing, and tried to hold there and wait for the buck. But, you might still be holding. Yeah, I, <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, after every year, there's always you know. <clears throat> hindsight of course is always 2020 right there's always things you think about differently which you know hopefully you get to improve upon you know going into the to the next year for me i think there's really like a handful of things um that i would like to to have done differently and will look to try to do differently next year if opportunity presents the one is just more of an overarching I guess the approach, um, which I'm learning because I, I I was, I was, I did this more this year than I have in any other, any other years. Um, but still needed to work on it. And that is just having patience. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, I blew two opportunities this year because of lack of lack of patience and just not reading the scenario correctly, you know? And I mean, look, you can, you can be, you know, the best archery hunter on the planet and you can still read scenarios incorrectly and think that they're going to come through this hole where you have a shooting lane and then all of a sudden the last minute they change course or whatever the case might be. Yes, but, sir. you know, my impatience um, got the best of me in Ohio on the uh, Friday before I tagged out. Uh, you know, I could have had I could have tagged out a day earlier on a really nice deer um, mm-hmm. but blew that opportunity because I. I grunted, you know, as he was approaching or as that after I had grunted him in him already, I just didn't see him because he came quiet and grunted right. again bef- without checking my surroundings. And that was just me getting lost in the moment. Um, you and just not busted be- yourself, right? Yeah. And, and not being patient, you know, and waiting to, to make sure that, you know, I understood what uh, was taking place around me before I made my next move. Um, which, you know, I don't, I won't say that I'll never do that again, uh, just because sometimes you do get caught in the moment, but I would like to think that, you know, hopefully in the future that I'll do it, do it less than I do now. And then the other one was, you know, out at your place, (laughs) um, deja vu, deja vu, you know, it was one of those things where there was a, you know, that same buck that you saw that, you know, the doe and had busted you and took off. They ran, you know, in between you and I, and just kind of hung up for a little bit. And I saw him coming and he came to 15 yards and was passing behind a tree. Um, and I probably should have drawn a little earlier, you know, and just misjudged, the route he was going to take. And, right. uh, you know, of course he busted me because I, I went to draw my bow back in, uh, I have a QAD, um, uh, drop away and, uh, the felt on the drop away when it gets really cold up against the carbon fiber shaft, will make a, a, a small screeching sound. And usually I always 
put some uh, bow wax on it before I go out to hunt just to kind of keep it greased up so I don't so I don't get that because I noticed that at the archery range and so I I knew that in advance of cold days and I usually always put a little grease on it mm-hmm. um just forgot to before you and I went out to hunt and that is one of my other um things to do differently which is just to make sure I continually check my gear before I go out because I, I do really good right. about that early in the season um, and then as the season kind of goes on, it's like, I probably slack off on that. I mean, my scent regimen and stuff, I still kind of keep up with all that. And I'm pretty, di- I'm diligent about all that stuff, but just like the little things like checking to make sure that, you know, my fletchings are all turned up the right way in case they've gotten turned or make sure that my broadheads are all tight, making sure that my, my drop away isn't going to screech as it goes across my, my arrow when I draw back, you know, just right little things like that, that I usually always check. And as the season goes on, I get kind of lax about. So just being a little bit more diligent in the details, um, for me. And then almost kind of similar to what you said, man, is just, is uh, the learning experience for me in Ohio big time was, you know, I have a climber and I found a tree to get into, but I really need to be a little bit more mobile. Um, and is and it's really, for me, it's switching, still using the, the lone wolf climber, uh, mm-hmm. but really kind of switching up to the, uh, you know, probably something, you know, one of, one of lone wolf's more uh, portable hang-ons and sticks, to be honest. Right. Um, right. I can get away with about the same poundage as far as weight's concerned and it gets me into more trees because especially as I'm kind of, you know, looking to get a little bit more into public land hunting, um, as it seems to pique my interest more and more, um, I need to have that versatility to know that I, I don't have to spend an hour and a half looking for a tree every time I go in, you know, that I can kind of find the spot that I want to be when I find the spot, I'll know that I can get into a tree, um, you know, right. which, yeah, uh, that, that sticks, that's the sticks offer you a, a little bit more, uh, flexibility in terms of what trees you can get up. I mean, I, I've had that scenario play out a couple of times when, I mean, I have my lone wolf climber as well. And, you know, I find an area where I'm like, okay, this is a great spot. And I'm looking at trees and, and they're all like, you know, half of them that are large enough to get into, they end up splitting off about six foot up or right. they have really large branches that I can't just break off. <clears throat> right. Excuse me, break off in order to, to climb up with the, the climber. So I can definitely see where the sticks would be a little bit more versatile. Right. And a lot of what I ran into in Ohio and even on public ground out, out here around us is just like, everything is so viney that, you know what I yes. mean? It's just like, and the trees yeah. are just gnarly and not straight. And it's like, I just need something to where I don't have to worry about finding the perfect tree. I just need to find the right spot. Um, right. You know, Absolutely. so, um, yeah, so it's being a little bit more versatile in that, in that regard. And then the last one really is just, you know, what I'd like to do differently um, or or I guess do differently going forward or would have liked to have done differently more this year. And I started started to do it, I guess, is trying to find those spots that are overlooked that may present as areas that don't have great deer sign or don't have great deer densities or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And really kind of giving those places a chance because, you know, honestly, it's the place that I hunted in Ohio, it's like, if you just did a quick scout and you didn't really pay attention, you'd probably walk by a lot of stuff that stuff that I happened to notice this trip. But there's plenty of times when I walk into the woods where I don't notice some of these subtle things that, uh, you know, you kind of dismiss an area because it's like, well, no one ever hunts here. So there must not be any deer here. Um, you know, but that's probably likely where the big guy's hanging out because, well, everyone thinks it's not a great spot and there's no deer there. (laughs) There's no pressure. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So, yeah. 
Um, it's funny. Speaking of that, I was reading something I saw, you know, our most recent guest, Dan Enfault post. Um, there was a story about a kid. I don't even remember where he was from. It might, it might've been Wisconsin or something, mm-hmm. but he shot a monster. It was like in the one eighties or one nineties. And it was, he was like 14 years old or something like that. It was the first buck he's ever killed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Dan wrote a little piece on, on social media about it, um, which is really kind of, I mean, hit the nail on the head. He was like, there's a lot of times you see these stories about these first time hunters going out, you know, or young kids killing these monster deer, you know, on these properties that, you know, they hunt with their uncles and their dad and their grandparent or the grandpas or whatever. Right. And the reason being is because they always stick the new guy or the young kid in the area that nobody wants to hunt. Everyone has all their tree stands and been hunting for 10, 15 <laughs> years because it's that, those are the best spots, right? It's like they're not going to give the right. new kid the best spot on the farm. You know, they're going to stick, stick him where nobody's hunted for 10 years because nobody wants to go hunt that area. It's probably up a ridge somewhere through a bunch of nasty thicket. They don't want to climb through, you know, right, send right. the kid up there. He can go up there and sit and be cold for the day. You know, he's got to appreciate <laughs> being able to hunt, you know? Yeah. Good uh, luck getting through those pickers. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and then lo and behold, it's like, that's always the person that ends up just shooting a toad because well, that area hadn't been touched in 10 years and that's where the deer are comfortable, you know? Right. Yeah, Totally. So, I mean, so there, those are some things that, you know, I think that we would like to do differently before we move on from, from 2016 fully. So give me like your, your top two things that you learned from this year. Like what are the two things that you'll absolutely take away from this year into next year? I think definitely one you, you touched on was kind of understanding the situation, like situation awareness, right? Understanding what's happening, um, and, and just have a better perspective because I think, I, and I think this happens to a lot of people where, in theory, in your head you have a plan, and then and then the deer come, and your plan is just what your plan goes right out the window, uh, because your nerves, you're excited, whatever it is. I think it's just kind of understanding the situation a little bit better and and trying to have a little bit better judgment and and uh, and foresight. And the second one, uh, the second one, I would say, um, you know, the, the, the day that we both sat out as a true testament is the day's not over until it's over. Oh yeah, man. Uh, For sure. You know, like, you know, I, I, I did see, uh, two doe kind of early. One was super early, so early that it was barely light and I really just saw silhouette and the other one was maybe 40 minutes later and it was just it was it was on a trail. It had already passed me. It was out of range. Uh, but for the most part, the rest of the day was was uh, we were we were skunked, and uh, it wasn't until you know right before that evening um, started to set in that we started to see some action. And you know what? It was after that doe and buck spooked and ran off in your direction. That buck actually kicked up two more doe because mm-hmm. I, yeah, I was that watching was the him wild and they. Part. And they yeah, and they came, and I saw where he went, and it was this real thick brush area right in between you and I. I saw where he went, and then I see these two other doe kick up and start heading your direction. I'm thinking, oh, they're going to Clint. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so the yeah the gist the gist of it really is um, the day's not over till it's over. Yeah, that's for sure, man. And what's wild is that those two does that were in there, like they had they they were in there whenever I walked in. Mm-hmm. They had to have been because I never yeah, saw they, them. They didn't move. Them, they didn't move. You know, nope. which is which is crazy. Yeah. Um, for me, I guess what I what I've learned is, um, 
you know, from, I guess for me, and I hate continuing to go back to the, the Ohio, um, trip, but it was just, it had such an impact on me this year, just from a, a hunter's perspective and not just that, but like also not to get all hippy dippy here, but from like an emotional and, um, you know, uh, like almost spiritual perspective had an impact on me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so for me, I guess what I want to learn from this year, what I did learn from this year is just to have more gratitude and be a more appreciative of the time that I do get to spend in the woods and the things that I'm, the opportunities I'm afforded and the things that I'm afforded the opportunity to witness, I guess is a better way to put it. Um, you know, everyone, you know, everyone has so many days, you know, uh, to, to, to do the things that they love to do. Um, you know, and I think sometimes we take those for granted and sometimes, you know, I know I do, I put pressure on myself to try to get things done whenever I'm in the hunting woods. Um, you know, I put a lot of work into getting ready for the season and, and scouting and shooting my bow and all that stuff. And so, you know, when the season comes and especially, you know, you run, you do a, you do a podcast and you have a blog. And so it's like, you know, I, I put some pressure on myself to try to get things done. Cause I want to be able to have interesting stories to tell and things to talk about and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, and sometimes that, that pressure, you just have to kind of remember why you're out there doing it. So the one thing I think I learned more than anything this year was just to, to have more gratitude and more appreciation for being able to be out in the woods and, and to, to do those things, which kind of dovetails into my next thing, which is, and I'm not going to go on a rant about it, but just having an appreciation and understand how fortunate we are to have the type of public lands that we have um, to hunt and how important public lands are. Um, True. I, I won't get into a huge rant about it as I have, as I have a growing affinity for hunting public <laughs> land, um, you know, the whole public land, uh, movement or to the, the movement in, in certain areas to transfer, uh, public lands to States has kind of caught my attention. I won't go, I won't go into great detail because to be quite honest, it's, I'm just kind of a, a newbie uh, when it comes to this stuff and I'm not um, educated enough on it to really kind of get into the details to feel comfortable about giving my opinion in, in a place where other folks might hear it or, and it, and it may persuade or convince or just give wrong information right. flat out, you know? Right. Um, so I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want, certainly don't want to do that, but I think it's just worth stating that, you know, for anyone out there who's an outdoorsman, uh, enjoys the outdoors, um, does anything on public land, whether you're bird watching, hiking, kayaking, fishing, hunting, whatever the case might be, um, it would be, uh, of the utmost importance f- probably for you or whomever to understand what is going on in that realm. Um, and then specifically what your, um, your elected officials in your specific areas are doing, um, to either facilitate or to, um, or to try to mitigate the, the transfer of public lands. And I, I think at that point, I'll just kind of leave it at that. Um, I don't want to get too, too far into it, but that, that is definitely one thing that has kind of been more top of my mind since some of my, uh, my outings this year is just the, uh, the affinity for public lands and how important they are. And, uh, and that we, sh- we need to do what we can do and everything we can do to, to, to keep them public and keep them available for access for everyone to enjoy. For sure. Agreed. Well said. Yeah. So that, that is my, uh, that is my, my speech for the day and I, that'll be the last one. So onward to, uh, to and exhale <laughs> and exhale, have a drink of bourbon. Um, Woo. so I think with that, um, you know, the next thing I want to do is like the, 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 I think the thing that it rolls into nicely is talking about 2017. And so let me just ask this. Are, are you excited already for 2017 for hunting season next year? 
I was excited for next year after our last hunt because I, I had a sneaking <laughs> suspicion it was going to be the last one. I, I had ambitious hopes that I would be able to get out this weekend and it just didn't happen. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm super stoked already. Uh, I, I wish it could be September already, but um, <laughs> there's some family stuff I would miss if uh, we just jumped that far ahead. <laughs> yeah, so. you got you got a few milestones here in the next yeah. few months to, to, yeah. to tick off. No, I'm yeah. right there with you, man. It's like right after we had our hunt, you know, I, I knew I'd probably be able to get out one more time, um, you know, and I try to not look too far ahead until I'm completely wrapped up with this year. Um, right. You know, but I've had to start thinking ahead a little bit because, of course, my elk hunt is coming up in September. And so I have to start, you know, gathering some of the things I need to get for that just because it's a different style of hunting. And there's some different, you know, gear that I'll need to do that. Um, but also just the um, the training aspect of it and making sure that I'm in shape. Uh, for it, you know, for which sure. I, yeah. I tend to stay in relatively decent shape. You know, I work out frequently enough and so on and so forth, but I definitely don't want to get out there and be, um, be the guy in the group that is not, uh, that's holding people back. So I'm kind of up in right. my ante for my, my workouts, but I'm absolutely looking forward to 2017 to the point to where, you know, I've already kind of started planning my scouting dates, um, to get ready to go. There's one cool thing that I got actually, as I was getting things for the elk hunt. So I got, I don't know if you've ever uh, toyed around with this at all. I looked at it online for a while and didn't really get into it too much. Um, and then I was talking to, to Eagleson, you know, since I'm going to Colorado or Colorado, going to Montana with him. Right. And, uh, we were just kind of talking about GPSs and stuff like that. I guess when I was home a few weeks ago, and he was, you know, he was like, do you have GPS? I was like, yeah, I got a GPS. And he was, and we were just kind of talking about it. And he was like, you know, he's like, I have, you know, whatever GPS that he has, the whiz bang, you know, 30 million gigawatt, you know, GPS <laughs> that'll get you from here to the moon. Right. Um, he was like, and it, he's like, I spent a lot of money on it. He's like, I wouldn't recommend getting that. He was like, yeah, what I would do, he's like, is there's, you know, this thing called Onyx Maps or whatever online. Um, right. We're not affiliated with them in any way, shape or form. This is, you know, just, uh, I started using it and checking it out. Cause he was like, look, he's like, I use it when we go out there. And then I use my GPS kind of as his backup. Mm-hmm. Um, and my concern was, was like, well, what about cell service and stuff? And he was like, there's a, right. a mode you can go into to where you can download these maps to where your phone's still using your GPS. I don't understand the technicalities of it, but your phone is still using your GPS, but you don't have cell signal. Um, Interesting. And, and so you can load the maps on your phone and to where you can use it in airplane mode. So you can kind of see it's just that little blue dot like you have on your map and it makes it really easy to kind of wayfind. Shows like topography features. It shows... Uh, you know, topo lines, it shows different routes. You can, I mean, it's, there's all kinds of, it's like a GPS in your phone and it's, it's crazy. So I ended up picking that up because I was like, well, I'm going nice. to get that. You know, I was like, um, I picked that up and then I got the, and you can buy it by state or you can buy it by like the entire U S right. And so mm-hmm. I just got the entire U S cause I definitely wanted Pennsylvania. I definitely wanted Ohio and I definitely wanted Montana and they're like 30 bucks a piece per state. Or you can get for a hundred bucks, you can get every state for the year. So I was like, well, I'll just get every state. So there, so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in case I happen to go to Jersey or Delaware or Maryland or whatever to hunt, then I have you know <laughs> something that can help me out. Um, I mean, so, who goes to Jersey? But yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's close. So whatever. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> so the cool thing is, is like I've been using that a lot for PA, and there's. Um, I'm getting ready to start planning some scouting trips. And one thing that I'm planning to scout is actually there's a lot of uh, state game lands back by our farm back home. Okay. Because, um, you know, sometimes, you know, like I was saying, it's like I don't see anything on our farm. It's really tickling my fancy. Or, you know, 
my father-in-law will have some buddies down to hunt and they might hunt it hard for a couple weeks or whatever. And so it's, you know, I really don't want to go and hunt up busted, busted ground necessarily. Um, and there's the, the game lands down there don't really get hunt, hunted that hard because everyone around there owns acreage. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the cool thing about this app is I can literally go in and see like boundary lines for people's properties and can click on their name and it'll bring up their tax information of like the, the property size and stuff. So I know, Nice. Well, where all the like where the public land boundaries are at, the game land boundaries, uh, government access land. I can I can look and see you know the private land you know boundary markers and stuff, and I can figure out it'll tell me who owns that piece of land. I can click on it and tell me how many acres it is. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing is, is, I did do a scout just a couple weeks ago uh, down there and started looking at the game lands a little bit, the public land. And uh, there's a, two areas that really caught my interest. One, I hunt, I hiked and scouted the mountain was the first part. The next part is I wanted to uh, scout the the lower ground. and But I really didn't know where any of the boundaries were because I knew there, were pro- there was private property as you get further into that land. And right. so I looked at this and there's this one little there's this one little area where you go down through like this really nasty thick cut stuff. You have to cross a stream then you go up the other side. There's, I don't know, it's probably 200 acres worth of ground that's completely like off the beaten path that you have to hike to get to that backs up to this one guy's property who my father-in-law knows. And anytime he ta- stops and talks to him, he always tells him about the huge bucks that he has in his back fields. Like he's always like, stop, he's, 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 stop bragging you. Yeah. And he doesn't, it, well, he doesn't really hunt. He, he's, he goes out maybe, you know, first day of first, rifle season. First day of rifle season. You know what I mean? He's not, <laughs> yeah. he's just, I mean, he likes to hunt, but he's not, he's, he's not out during bow season and stuff like that. Right. And there's this little nook of the pro of the state game lands that backs right up to his property. So, hmm. and the only way you can get into that little area is you have to have access, either walk from where I'll be walking, which is going to be a hike across the stream and then up the other Ridge, or right. you have to have access from one of the, either this guy's property or his two neighbors' property are the only ways you can get in. Um, so are you saying you're going to ask this guy for permission? No, I'm don't, I don't want anyone oh. to know that I'm going to be in there. So <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to take the long way around and uh, hike in from the other side uh, and Fair just enough. hike through the public land and cross the stream and try to figure out where I'm going to do that. If, hopefully there's a low spot or have to fashion something to get me, me, get me across that. Right, um, right. But yeah, so I'm going to go scout that here in, in February. So I'm pretty pumped, man. I'm already setting up like some scouting trips and uh, I'll be going to Ohio in, in April for the beginning of their, their uh, spring gobbler season to do a, a spring turkey hunt and a uh, and a, a more thorough scout of the area I hunted this year. So yeah, I'm pretty, nice. uh, I'm pretty pumped. You got any scouting plans? Uh, yeah, so I know I definitely want to get out uh, a little bit. Not necessarily like into where I typically hunt. I want to go a little bit further, um, which has kind of been it's it's been out of my comfort zone because it's been so um, convenient to hunt where I've been hunting. I want to go a little bit further because uh, although I don't feel like there's a lot of pressure where I hunt, um, I want to go to where I know there's no pressure. Right. And so I mean, it's really in kind of thinking about you know you were there it's kind of just across the creek and and up the ridge a mm-hmm. little bit further um but i definitely want to go up there and and see what i can find up there it's actually been a couple of years since i've gone that far um and taken a look so i want to go up there um i think also 
So I know that you talked about, and you talked about a couple, a lot, and even today, that you're going to Montana for an elk hunt. Uh, I'm super jealous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I do, I do think that I'm going to put in for the PA elk hunt. Um, nice. and it's, a, it's a lottery, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not expecting to be drawn first year. Uh, but if that is the case, um, I think I want to I want to head up to North PA to kind of check out the area bef- before I go out. I mean, I certainly want to make the best of it if I do get draw uh, if I do get a tag. So, right. Um, I think in terms of scouting, that's definitely uh, at the top of the priority list. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I uh, truth be told, man, it's like I've been lost in topo maps and you know, online maps for like the past couple of weeks, just scouting, you know, doing some, you know, uh, virtual scouting of, of all kinds of areas. I know you and I talked about scouting some public land around here to try to find some other areas to, to totally. hunt and stuff, you know, so I'm definitely looking beyond the stuff that's back home. Cause one of my goals for this year is to definitely try to, to is to try to get some, some, some more land around here that I, that I can hunt, whether it's public land that I feel really good about that I go scout or whether it's literally going to knock on some doors of some farms up in like the Bucks County area. That's not too far from my house and, and try to get on uh, a couple of those farms to hunt, to get some access. Word. Um, you know, we'll see how, how that all shakes out. I did have some news today, however, that my dad just purchased a property back home too. Oh, nice. So, yeah. So I'll be scouting that. I'm going back just, you know, the bummer is it's again, it's three hours away. Um, so <laughs> right. I got a lot of land to hunt that's three hours away. <laughs> so as you uh, know, three, it's tough. Three hours is like, it's just, it's just a little bit out of that range of I can go up for the day sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely do it, you know, cause I mean, the bummer is, is there's no Sunday hunting in Pennsylvania. So when I leave work on a Friday, it's like I hunt Saturday and I come back Saturday night or Sunday morning, you know, so it's right. like I, right. I do the trip often enough to hunt a day. Uh, but yeah, he bought, he bought some mountain ground, um, in a, in a pretty decent area that, that at least for our area back home is, is known for having decent deer. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to, to, to meeting up with him in March and, um, scouting that area. He's going to, he's going to break ground here, not this spring, but probably next to build a cabin on it and stuff like that. So, uh, nice. yeah, you'll, you'll see that, you'll see that place here sooner rather than later. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll get okay. you get you back there to to check it out and yes, maybe sir. sling sling some arrows around. But we'll get, other we'll than that, slang some arrows, <laughs> slang some arrows around. But uh, other than that, man, it's like the only other thing I'm doing is beyond that is uh, you know I'm just I'm kind of getting ready for this this elk hunt little by little. Um, got my workout plan going good. Ran a good three and a quarter miles today. Boom. Yeah, yeah. It hurts. It's, like, it's like a it's like a solid five k. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a good run. You know, I usually do that once a week and then I get other cardio stuff in during the week. My new thing is though, is, uh, is working out with a weighted vest on and that's just dumb. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how's, that, how's that, do, how's that doing for you? Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> it, it's terrible. It's like, I'm, I'm in pain every day right now. Cause I'm just not used to it. It's just, it's, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to help, but, uh, it's, it's not nice in the morning when you get up from work and you, or you get up for work and the first thing you do is strap a weighted vest on and you're like, Hey, why don't you just like, work out to you puke it's a good way, to, <laughs> good way to start your day well um, yeah basically how else do you start your day yeah i mean well <laughs> you know it's not from being hung over now at least i guess oh, um, yeah but uh the, yeah the only other thing really man is uh some shed hunting i'm gonna try to try to do while i'm while i'm back home for the uh for the scouts and so oh, forth try to okay do 
yeah, I mean, I, I try every year. I've yet to find a shed. Um, the, uh, the next door neighbor farmer found one last year in his tractor tire. Uh, so his <laughs> nice. tractor has, his tractor has more success finding sheds than I do. That's, that's, yeah, but I, I bet that was an expensive, uh, shed find. Yeah, that was about a five hundred dollar shed right there. Yeah, six hundred dollar shed. Yeah. <laughs> it's more than a mount. Like he was like, I found a shed, and I was like, and I was like, oh no way, you know. And he was not nearly as happy as I as excited as <laughs> Let I was. Let me see. <laughs> he was like, yeah, it cost me five hundred bucks, and I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm like, why are you buying sheds? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he explained to me that he ran over with his tractor and it put a hole in it, and so. Oh uh, yeah. no. Yeah. So that's a shame. But I that's think. I think with that, man, if there's nothing else to uh, to chat about or discuss, I think that uh, that might be a, a, a wrap for the day. Yeah, you know, I um, I'm, I'm I'm a little bummed. I'm a little bummed right now. It's kind of the the post uh, postseason doldrums. Uh, yeah, but certainly excited for next year. Uh, certainly excited uh, for the people that we're gonna have on in the next coming podcasts. Um, you know, it's it's always it's it's been a pleasure being a part of this. It's always awesome to to talk and interact uh, and pick everybody's brains. You know, with you know everybody that comes on, because um, there's there's always a different perspective and there's there's always a different angle to look at things. And it's just it's been a it's been a privilege to be able to to see and learn and uh, and talk to some just awesome people along the way. So um, definitely excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the folks that we have on are great. Um, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with those guys, uh, and, and hopefully we'll have some, uh, have some more interesting guests come on here. I know we have a few set up, uh, that we're going to be knocking down here in the next, co- next couple weeks, which will be, which will be awesome. You know, of course we've had some, you know, a new partner come on, which is, which has been great. And we're still, of course, you know, have, uh, working with the folks from Exodus, which reminds me, I wanted to make mention, uh, for any of you out there listening that are in the Pennsylvania area or going to be, in the Pennsylvania Harrisburg area here on the weekend of, uh, I guess, February 4th through the 11th. Uh, mm-hmm. Our friends from Exodus are going to be at the, uh, the, the great outdoor show, the great American outdoor show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania at the, I believe it's the farm complex, or I think that's what it's called. The farmer's complex um, for about yeah, seven it's, days. Yes, It's uh, big. It's a big place. I've been there for a couple gun shows before. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it's a, it's a good time. I usually, I make a trip out there. I'll be going out there the weekend of the fourth. Uh, so anyone out there who's, uh, headed out there to look me up, I'll probably be somewhere around the archery, uh, the archery hall. And that's where the folks from Exodus will be. And, uh, they'll have some, some new information. I can't let the cat out of the bag so much yet. Uh, but we'll certainly have Chad and possibly Matt on here in the not so distant future to talk about what's new with Exodus. Um, so yeah, well, uh, you know, head, make sure you head out there if you're in the area and, and, and check those guys out. Nice. Um, but, uh, I don't think we have anything else to, uh, to share today at the, at the moment. Um, so I think if there's nothing else, I think we can call it, call it a wrap. All right, folks, that is a wrap for today's show. We'd just like to thank all of you for tuning in and spending an hour of your day listening to us talk about deer hunting. Very much appreciative for your time. Uh, Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, and you can also listen to us on Google Play. And if you're enjoying the uh, content we're sharing with everyone, uh, please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star iTunes rating. We'd be very much appreciative of that as well. Also want to make sure to thank our partners at Exodus Outdoor Gear and Whitetail Institute of North America. And until next time, we'll see you.
All right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do hard shit hat for those of us who like to embrace micro-dosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear.